Luke and I are by no means medical experts or experts in just about anything, and our advice should not be taken seriously. This show includes adult themes and adult language, so if you are a minor or you are our parents, I would really suggest <laughs> that you click off this episode. And um, in this episode, we talk about a couple of sensitive topics, uh, including uh, mental health and yeah, I think that's mostly it, mental health. So yeah. uh, hopefully you enjoy the episode and thanks so much for listening. So what's your name? Cassidy. Yours? <laughs> Thanks. That's good. Great co-host. Um, my name's Luke. Sick. Yeah. Um, we're here making a weird podcast today. This is the first episode. What's the podcast called? Every day is a day. What does that mean? Uh, good question. You are the one who said it to me. True. So maybe you can explain what it means. Every day is a day means that Every day is a chance to improve yourself and build upon what you were doing the day before. The good things, anyway. Don't build upon the bad things. <laughs> and what's this episode called? Uh, how to get a life. How to get a life. Yeah, we're both searching for the answer for this. And we have a feeling that if you're listening to this, then you probably are too. Uh, we're currently in my uh, one-bedroom apartment. Um in a fold-out Canadian tire table is sitting between us. Mm-hmm. Hasn't been touched since 2016, apparently. That's true, yeah. Uh, we have one microphone. Yep. Because we don't really know how to solve the problem of having two different microphone channels. I didn't think about it. Okay, so. Do you think you have a life right now? No. Can you, like, explain that a little bit? Sure. I feel like I used to have a life, um, but with you know, recent events, not so recent anymore, but, you know, the whole global pandemic situation. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> Are you going to... Oh, COVID. With... Yeah. I thought you were talking about um, the pandemic of this nation's haunted houses. Okay, anyway, keep God. going. Um, so a lot of the things that I used to do uh, in my day-to-day -day life got canceled or shut down or moved online uh with the pandemic and so i'm kind of reintegrating back into society and trying to figure out what it means to have a life now okay yeah that sounds that sounds like you from what i know of you just a lot <laughs> we are good friends after all how would i place myself in this do i have a life do i have a life i think i do sort of um but I definitely didn't before. Before when? It's sort of vague, but even before COVID, I think. My life didn't change much when COVID happened. I, I just worked more and stayed at home a little bit more. Um, but now I'm in school again and I'm trying to better myself. And I have a job that's related to my field. So that's kind of a life, right? But mm -hmm. maybe it should be more than that. Got a new car. I did get a new car. I almost forgot about that. That's not life, though. Getting a car. It's a nice car. It's <laughs> it's not a luxury car. It's a regular car. My well, insurance I like it. is still payable. So that's that's what I like too. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Anyway, um, now that we both have sort of determined that maybe we don't have lives, 
<laughs> and maybe we do. We're going to dive into this WikiHow article of the same title, How to Get a Life. Actually, just called Get a Life, which maybe it's... No, gonna... it's called How to Get a Life. The, the URL says Get a Life, so maybe this is going to be a call-out. I don't know. I can see it in the other tab. Right. So why did, why did we choose this article as a starting point? What do you think? Great question. I think it's something that I'm definitely struggling with right now, figuring out what it means to have a life at this point. So I thought this would be a good way to start us off. I could use some advice anyway. Yeah, me too. Me too. Well, I'm sure we'll end up trading advice back and forth for a bit. Okay, how to get a life. And we're immediately bombarded by a ton of uh, ads, um, probably tailored to what we've been talking about because Google's listening. Um, this author is co-articled by Guy Wright. Co-authored? Co-authored, yeah. But it's not... You said co-articled. Co-authored. <laughs> I'm not cutting this. Co-authored by Guy Reichard or Richard. It's co-authored by one person. What does that even mean? It's... I feel like it's a co-authored between him and WikiHow. Okay. It's a wonderful partnership, I, I hear. Yeah, he's an executive life coach, he... which is definitely a real not made up job. He's such a good executive life coach that this article has a 47% star rating out of 100%, which I didn't notice. This is actually... <laughs> this is great. This is amazing. Wait, why does it say there's 72 co-authors underneath that? Maybe, maybe is this open access? <laughs> what if it just says, okay, let's just start reading this. Um, so, How to Get a Life. Uh, last updated August 27, 2021, so it's about a month ago. Um, why don't you start reading this? Feeling happy with your life can be difficult. It is easy to get distracted by obligations, work, technology, and health problems. Let me stop you right there. Get distracted by health problems? Uh, yeah. I don't think that's the... I don't know if I would call health problems distracting. I think I would call them a serious issue you need to look after. Yes, uh, I would agree. But sometimes they can just be distracting okay, just... if they're just minor or if you have so many health problems that that's just a constant. I guess so. Me. I guess so. Then sometimes it's just a distraction. Maybe you're right. Maybe you're right. If you're currently unhappy with some aspect of your life, you can commit to making changes throughout the year that will make you happier and healthier. You can learn how to get a life by embracing physical, work, leisure, and social goals. Okay, so we're going to be embracing four types of goals here. Part one is assessing your life. So number one talks about define what a life is to you. That's kind of what we were saying. What is a life exactly? Well, how would you define it? Something that is balanced, like not just work-life balance, but also just like life-life balance. <laughs> One time uh, I did an exercise and what was it called? Um, it was called a life grid. And you, I think there were nine spots and you put different important areas of your life in each one uh so it could be anything from school to work to friendships to family to a relationship to kids if you have them to hobbies or exercise whatever whatever is most important to you travel spontaneity okay and uh that was really interesting to do because then you kind of have a map of looking at it and seeing, am I deficient in any of these areas? Am I not getting what I need in any of these areas? Because I think that's what kind of causes that unbalance, right? Yeah, maybe I should just do that instead of reading this, actually. <clears throat> it might be a better idea. Yeah, well... <laughs> maybe you can make me do that after this. Sure. Okay. Um, well, shoot, maybe you've already got this covered. I guess we'll find out how meaningful this is for us. 
So the notion of a life is subjective. Thank you for that. I, I think I would agree. Reflect on what is important to you. So in a life, what is important to you? What are what are three major things in life that are important to you? Mm, my relationships, my health, and personal growth. Okay, nice. Okay. I think that I would tie my work and my personal growth together as two things but also one thing because I feel like my work is personal growth right now because it's changing so much Mm -hmm. um and the other one is relationships for me too uh so I guess relationships work and personal growth um yeah sort of sort of similar what's one thing that makes you happy generally trying new things trying new things I guess trying new things makes me happy, but it makes me nervous before it makes me happy. And maybe it doesn't make me happy in the end because I'm too nervous. I understand that. I definitely can feel that way sometimes. But when you do enjoy it, it makes it all worth it, I think. And so many things that are worth doing in life are a bit scary at first. Mm -hmm. At least that's been my experience. Yeah. I joined an Ultimate Frisbee team, um, which was pretty scary. How's that going? Uh, I don't think I'm that good, but like... From having literally no practice, I'm glad I can generally catch it. Nice. Throwing it is a bit of more of a concern. <laughs> but that was a new thing I did. That was pretty cool. Um, what else does it talk about here? We're still in point one. Don't let others define a meaningful life for you. Okay, so have you ever had somebody criticize your work or like the, the activities you choose to spend time on? Constantly. Oh, okay. Well, I shouldn't say constantly, but often. It's happened many times. Okay, often. I did once have somebody tell me that, you know, you can't be working at X job for the rest of your life. How's that going to make you feel? And I was like, well, I didn't think about it until you said that, and now I don't feel good. <laughs> what a horrible thing to say to somebody. Yeah, I, well, I mean, it did end up prompting change and that I got a new job, but... Well, yeah, I, I guess that's true, but 90% of the time shaming people or like making rude comments like that actually makes people like stay in their ways yeah very very rarely enacts change right so if you are thinking that someone in your life needs to make a life change don't say that to them yeah maybe you should uh adopt like a more gradual approach of support i guess yeah be supportive Mm -hmm. (laughs) That, that wasn't very supportive yeah so it also talks about meaningful work here What do you feel uh, is meaningful about the work that you've done? Uh, I I love my work. I'm very lucky that I kind of in my first year of university, I got some lucky breaks and I fell into my field and I've been working in it ever since. And I've been really fortunate that I've had some amazing workplaces and mentors and supervisors and uh, so I've I've learned a ton and I've got I've gotten to grow quite a lot. Now I feel much more comfortable with where I'm at. I think progressing in my career is not something that is a huge priority for me right now. I'm more focusing on school and other personal things. But yeah, I think I definitely find meaning in my work. It's good that you've been able to like define that that isn't a focus for you right now. That other things are. Yeah, and it's. I am lucky that work is meaningful for me, Um, but that being said, uh, it's not meaningful for a lot of people, and uh, there's also nothing wrong with that either, unless you want it to be meaningful. Well, unless it's wrong for you. Yeah. 
I, I struggled with having work that wasn't meaningful basically until this year. Um, there was at certain points what like when I first got hired at the job I was at before, maybe it was meaningful for me for like a year or two, but it was more like there were people there that were supportive and helpful and I kind of got raises instead of getting paid the same for five years. Um, but it wasn't meaningful. It actually detracted from, from, from the world around me, that job. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I do meaningful work now, which is nice. It's just, uh, it's a lot. There's a lot of stuff. Um, so point number one, assessing your life. I think that's kind of what we just did. Uh, what matters most is what you personally find to be important. So I guess yeah. we've sort of defined what's important to us there. I guess so. I think something that's kind of important to talk about that's in that point, though, is there are lots of things that are expected kind of in society, not even just people saying things very directly to you, but there are these expectations on us that are very implicit, I think. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people, I think, don't spend the time thinking about if it's actually something that they want out of their life and they just kind of follow the the trajectory that is, is set out in front of them. You know, like go to university out of high school, meet someone there, um, and then get a nine to five job with a pension. Nice. That sounds pretty not attainable lately. <laughs> Yeah, buy a house. That's the least attainable nice, part of it all. Nice Canadian um, housing market. Yeah, get a dog and then have one and a half kids and that's your life. And for some people that is meaningful. For others, it very much isn't. And um, I think that, that can be said for, for a lot of different arenas. I think a lot of people are questioning that now. I think I uh, shouldn't have gone to post-secondary right out of high school. I think I should have taken time off. I took time off after the degree, but that was only after I almost failed out of it because I wasn't ready to commit or knowing what I wanted to do or anything like that. So I think that it was probably a good call. I took a break at some point and sort of reassessed, you know, why do I feel like I'm behind all the time? Why do I feel like everybody's ahead of me? Is that even a real thing? Am I just thinking this in my own head? Are all of these thoughts just (laughs) in my own head? Oh God, they are. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay, we've assessed our life. Step number two to get a life is write in a journal. Write about the things that are bothering you in your life or that excite you. Hmm, do you keep a journal? Not really. Um, My mom has a journal uh, or multiple journals, but I don't think she writes in them all the time. She does have travel journals that she writes in when we uh, go places which she kind of inspired me to do when we went on our trip. We went to the east coast of Canada this summer together, the two of us. Me and Luke, not Luke and his mom. Not my mom and me. No, I. That would be diff. That would be a different sort of story. Um. But anyway, she inspired me to write a travel journal, but it's not like a personal journal. Mm-hmm. It's more like a bunch of facts of things that we did. Yeah. Do you have a journal? Sort of. I've I've kept. A traditional journal before but um i don't really find it much to my liking so Mm. i don't do that anymore uh i also keep travel journals although i would say mine are a bit more um prosy i guess prosy prosy like yours are very like bullet point i think yeah it's because i don't know how to be show my emotions (laughs) (laughs) well i love talking about my feelings so yeah i so i have um a couple travel journals as well um, and I have a notebook 
that's kind of like a journal, but I kind of call it my therapy notebook. And ah. if there's something that I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm working through this right now, or my therapist said something that um, I want to remember or I need to work on, that sort of thing, it all lives in this notebook. Um, and it's really just like dot jots and mm. that sort of thing here and there. But it, it helps me to keep track of um, everything and make sure I'm not forgetting important milestones and it's actually really cool because now I'm actually able to look back at the beginning of what I was writing in there mm, um see how and much it's, changed. it's it's striking yeah so I think that's cool I think maybe I could try that um I do have like a system of of like lists of things I need to do which everybody has but I feel like my lists are almost like things you must do bef- to stop falling into like a depression pool like yeah. a, a list of things that i absolutely have to do before everything goes down spiraling mm-hmm. um like my list currently says sell car prioritize deep clean fridge clean floors they've said it said that for a while mm-hmm. so maybe it's time to do those things all right let's go on to part three here uh discuss your life with others wow we're already doing that right now amazing so i think we can skip that <laughs> uh there was a picture of Oh, he's talking to a doctor. Well, I'm not doing that. Well, um, okay. <laughs> uh, you just want to skip over that point? Yeah, maybe, maybe. Um, well, maybe we'll go back to it here. So sometimes the act of expressing yourself to another can give you depth, can give you an in-depth view into what you want and need. In addition, other people may have insight into your life that you may be blind to. Booking an appointment with a counselor if you do not want to talk about f- to family or friends. Mm-hmm. Well, I do want to, so I am. Do I've, you? Yes, I'm doing it now. <laughs> I've also considered doing the first part, booking point with a counselor. Mm-hmm. Um, What's here, stopping you? This is a cop-out answer, and I'm aware. I'm too busy. Mm-hmm. I'm so busy that I'm recording this right now, which is an extracurricular that I decided to do to fill my time. Yeah, I, I've heard that a lot from people. They don't have time. They don't but... have time. Then for me, probably, too. Yeah. It's a it's something I would recommend to most people, but mm-hmm. you know everyone comes to it in their own time if they do, and people have different needs, right? Yeah. Wait, the look at look at what it says. It's literally what I was talking about: the life grid, not not in those wait, words. Wait, break your life down into domains. Yeah, list the main areas of your life, such as social, work, spiritual, family. Did you read this ahead of time? No. Okay, you just actually well. I mean, you're on the level that this guy is on, so maybe you know exactly what to do here. Take to heart the phrase, everything in moderation. Mm-hmm. That seems like a big one. Reduce activities that are not done in moderation to achieve more balanced life. That's what I was talking about, is a balanced life. Is there anything that you do too much that you like understand that you do too much? Definitely. Uh, I think that's changed quite a lot as of you know the last year or so, but I spend way too much time um doing basically nothing watching tv or browsing on social media that sort of thing that's not meaningful to me um i don't enjoy it it just fills my time and so yeah i think i do too much of that what about you i think the 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 habitual checking and rechecking social media is a problem like i'm fine with browsing it but it's like sometimes i close it and go right back to it and i'm like wait i just did this yeah i'm in an insane loop like who is this serving nobody just Zuckerberg, Bezos, and the algorithm. The algorithm. That's pretty much all it's serving, you know? 
Yeah, I, uh, you know, it's funny you bring that up because I deleted Instagram like a long time That's ago. True. For That's that. true. Well, that was one of many reasons. But this morning, I caught myself switching back and forth between all of my email accounts, which I have many, like five of them, just, and I was doing that for like 10 minutes and I, it was, so all that to say is, uh, I don't think it's necessarily just because of the social media algorithms. I think uh, we're hardwired to do some of those things. You know what? You you <laughs> said something there that reminds me of a quote from an educator uh, named Jody Carrington uh, who said, people are wired to do hard things. Checking your email obsessively and repetitively is very hard for sure is it a huge challenge it sounds hard it sounds like hard on your mind well it's funny because sometimes checking your email is like literally the hardest thing you can do in a day it is because (laughs) i know what's lurking in that Mm -hmm. specific email that i'm thinking of right now and then there's like my school one and then my regular one Mm -hmm. and then there's my email that i had when i was 14 that's called jar jar the hockey man and hotmail.com that's my favorite email account don't email that email by the way um anyway yeah what does it say watch your health if you're busy think about cut back and gain extra time or resources that's important yeah think about where to cut back to gain extra time it sucks that people have to like think like that but i'm definitely in that boat right now it's so important and i think while we all you know are busy and this is a product of our time in many ways people have more free time than they think they do um i think by and large if people actually sat down and mapped out hour by hour you know 10 minutes by 10 minutes what they were actually doing in a day i think a lot of people would find they have a lot more unstructured time than they think they do i know that i do (laughs) i know and i've definitely heard that in kind of uh like personal development Mm-hmm. spaces before is actually just taking an inventory of wh- what you're spending your time on in a week in a detailed way and it can be very eye-opening I think um, because we do spend a lot of time wasting time and if you're relaxing if you're doing self-care if you're enjoying yourself that that's awesome but, but you know doing absolutely nothing like I'm prone to do sometimes can be a bit uh, draining if it's too much that's true that's absolutely right well The last point in part one is reassess your life every few months, which is actually pretty good advice. It's like doing constant diagnostics consistently. Is your life more fulfilling than it used to be? Are you feeling personally happier about your life? There's an episode of Frasier that I remember watching. Uh, I was quite young when I watched it. but Fraser's sitting in his cafe that he's always in because every 90s show revolved around a freaking cafe shop in New York. Actually, it was in Seattle. Fraser was in Seattle. That's why it was different. Anyway, <laughs> so he's sitting in his cafe and his brother Niles comes in and they talk for a bit and they talk about if they're happy or not to each other. And they're like, I don't know. Am I happy? Well, here's a bunch of things in my life that are good. Here's some things that suck. And then like Niles leaves and some other guy comes in and all the people in his life are like going in and out of the cafe talking to him. And then at the end, I'm pretty sure it's like one of the waitresses sits down or one of the girls he was on a date with. And she's like, so are you happy? And he's like, I think so. I think I am happy. But it's kind of ambiguous. And it's kind of like, oh, it's a changing process. It's not always like an easy answer. 
Yeah, definitely. And something that I think is important to note is happy is an emotion that's just as transient as sadness or anger or jealousy or any of those things. I don't think happy is a a person can be just a happy person because everybody cycles through emotions mm-hmm. to, to different um, <laughs> amplitudes, but uh, everyone, no, no one is static mm-hmm. in any state. That's why I really appreciate um, some people who say like, I'm having a bit of a low energy day or I'm having like a down day. Mm-hmm. It's nice to hear that in other people so you can kind of understand a bit more about mm-hmm. why, why people are acting a certain way, you mm-hmm. know, how they might be feeling. Yeah. Yeah. And it's super important, but I don't think most of us are taught to communicate about our emotions in a no. productive or healthy way. It's no, something... those are the, that's the rarity, I think. Yeah, I really struggle with it too, but we're learning. How do you feel about assessing your life as part one? How do you feel about what we've just talked about? Yeah, I do that every quarter. I am on Notion, which is where I organize my life. I take stock of what's going on and I have all my goals and whatnot on there and I see if I'm progressing. Um, Yeah, so I do that in a very kind of clinical way for most areas of my life. But I definitely do spend a lot of time reflecting on how I'm doing and if I'm in a better place than I was before. But that's kind of in a abstract sort of way in my own head yeah i do that for work because the goal of my job is to reflect on myself and on my work and how i can better serve students um but i maybe should do it more for my own self sometimes i don't really do that Mm -hmm. it's funny because i almost never do anything like this for work it's just (laughs) because you're more confident about your work than i am and you're more confident about your life than i am i don't know about that (laughs) Part two, making life plans. And there's a picture of somebody letting a bird go in a field, mm. which is... Prob- Maybe they're catching the bird. That would be a good life plan. Catching it backwards, though. You never know. Okay. Well, part two, section one says, practice letting go of the things you cannot control. Yes. This is important. Hugely important. Inevitably, things will come up in your life that are largely or entirely out of your control. This is just part of life. Well, you cannot change certain circumstances. You can change your attitude towards them. So the best example I can think of is COVID, obviously, because everybody had to... I don't think there was anybody whose life didn't change a little bit, at least. And most people's lives changed a lot. Like a lot of the people in my hometown were on CERB. Um, A bunch of my friends worked in food service, so they had to work through it. Um, and I had to work through it as well in my job, but, um, that was all out of my control for a certain time. The fact that I might get COVID or not was out of my control because nobody's wearing masks and it wasn't mandated. And nobody really knew what COVID was or what the effects would be. We were pouring freaking sanitizer on our phone screens and washing our money. What the (laughs) hell was going on? I have a friend who still does that. Still washes their money? Not the money, but the phone. It's funny. I mean, it's like not a bad practice, but I... Yeah, I mean, phones are dirty. There was a week of time where I was Q-tipping my phone screen like a psychopath. (laughs) I don't think that was that necessary. Anyway. Anyway. Maybe it was. This isn't a medical advice podcast. Um, So here's a point here. It says, every time you think of something you cannot control, write it on a piece of paper, place it in a box and move on. I think you might have done something similar to that. Yeah, so um, not not putting it on paper and literally putting it in a box, but uh, I definitely work very, very hard on um, 
mindfulness and, and emotion regulation. And one of the things that you can do is when you have thoughts that are distressing in some way, coming at it from like a, a curiosity perspective mm-hmm. as opposed to assigning it meaning. Yeah. Um, even something like if I'm being rude to myself in my head, you know, I'm saying, you know, I mess up and I say, oh, I'm so stupid in my head. Mm-hmm. Just saying like, oh, I'm having the thought that I'm stupid. It actually like detaches you a little bit from the emotional impact of the thought. But mm-hmm. there are some mindfulness exercises that you can do. One of the ones that um, I I do a lot is picturing um, thoughts going on a conveyor belt and they just pass you by on the conveyor belt, putting them in a nice. box and moving them. You know what that reminds me of? This is going to make you feel like you talked a whole bunch and I didn't listen, but there's an episode, there's a, a, a quote in Pirates of the Caribbean where <laughs> Elizabeth says something like, you're a good man, Jack, and one day you'll seize that moment and you'll change. And then Jack says, oh, I love those moments. I love to wave at them as they pass by. Which mm. is kind of like the conveyable method, except he's bad. He's doing it for the good things. That's good. Let it, yeah. You talked about regulating kids, or sorry, you Reg- talked no, 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 no. That's related to what I was saying. You talked about regulating your own emotions and approaching them with a curiosity, um, which reminds me of like regulating kids' emotions in education, um, which is a lot of what I do uh, generally when I'm teaching at school. Uh, is regulating kids' emotions because I'm not all the time there every day of the week like the real teachers. Um, so approaching their emotions with curiosity is important too because you can't like, if you assign meaning to what they're doing, then they're going to assign that meaning to it too. So you have to kind of approach it in a way of questioning as well. Mm-hmm, so to help them. And yeah, it's when you bring that up because uh, a lot of the kind of kind of professional quote-unquote work that you can do on regulating your emotions as an adult if that's something you struggle with as I do um it actually feels very childish in some ways <laughs> like it, it it honestly felt infantilizing to me at first and I was really resistant to it for oh. that reason oh. um I still feel that way sometimes but that's just my own judgments about it I'm like oh I'm, I should be able to do this without all these stupid like I have a bag full of just things that smell nice or i like to like magic sand and all that sort of stuff that's why i like asmr so much yeah asmr (laughs) sort of regulates me and keeps me sort of on the same level like every evening i listen to a bit of it before i go to sleep kind of thing yeah so it's yeah it's very similar to what you would get a child to do Mm -hmm. but um you know some of us developed those skills as children and some of us really didn't and but it's the same it's the same skills Mm -hmm. with adult words i wish i had a bag of things that smelled nice maybe i should make one you should what's in your bag uh so i have a candle in there that smells really nice um i don't light it i just smell it it calms me down i have an mp3 player a genuine oh that's right with four songs on it or whatever yeah it has some meditations on it i have uh, a few a stress ball. I have mm-hmm. one of those popper things. You know those with the... Pogs or whatever? I don't know. You know those things that have like the bubbles on them and you can pop them oh, in either direction? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I have one of those. I have a gratitude journal mm. in there. 
so I can write things down. Um, I have a whole bunch of pictures of my friends and family and oh, that's good. good good moments in my life and the dog um, also. Piper. <laughs> Piper. Piper. Yeah. You know what? I don't have pictures of family and friends. I have them on my phone, but I don't have them anywhere here, you know, physically. Mm-hmm. I have one picture of Pupperton that I'm looking at right now. Um, that's my dog. Uh, but that's kind of it. Yeah. My mom gave me a framed picture of our family when I moved out. And she was like, take this. But we all are sunburnt as hell. And we <laughs> look terrible in it. So I'm like, I'm not putting that up here. Oh, and I also, in that bag, have medication. Like Tylenol, Gravel. Oh, that's good. Neocitrin, which like is a like tea sort of thing that you can make that helps with colds, but it knocks you out. And sometimes I don't remember that it's okay if I'm feeling sick to take medication. That's a good point. And so I keep it in there uh, to remind myself and have easy access to it. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. It's kind of like how I have like aspirin and and Tylenol on a first aid kit. Mm -hmm. It's like a first aid kit for your mental health. Totally, 100%. Oh, yeah. And there's also, I I wasn't even going to bring it up, but since you said that, I have a sheet in there that has just a bunch of phone numbers on it so just in case something goes wrong oh. and i need some support. you can dial them on your mp3 player <laughs> exactly okay i should have them stored on the mp3 player okay okay i don't want to know what a phone number would sound like in audio form that would be bad <laughs> all right part two live in the present which is kind of what we're doing right now think about how you make today better every day is a day every day make is today a day. better instead of always working every towards today the future is a today goal. every today is a today Think about how you make today better instead of always working toward a future goal. Oh, that's a little bit of a controversial sentence. I don't know. 100% agree. You, like you 110% agree, agree. Okay. And I wouldn't have always agreed with that. I don't even... But I, so I spent a lot of my life chasing after goal, after goal, after goal. And that was like professional, personal, mm-hmm. whatever, um, in every, every domain. But I... I'm very much a goal chaser and I realized this year that I had achieved everything I wanted to achieve. Oh, that's a, cool, not in that's my, a good feeling. Not in my entire life. Like, of course I want to have more experiences. The goals but that you had set all those years ago, you mean? Exactly. Yeah. Every single thing that I wanted, I had. That was in my control. Okay. Obviously some things are not within your control. Yeah. Unlike you, I'm not a goal setter in that way. I feel not, I don't feel good about this sentence because I, I, I did live in the moment when I was younger and I didn't set enough goals and I didn't work hard towards a future. I didn't know what the future would be. And so I sort of floundered a bit until like a couple of years ago. And then I started setting goals and like not waiting to get there, but like doing things now that would help me get there. Um, so I don't know about that sentence. Maybe well, this it's... just isn't for me. It's instead of always working towards a future goal. And that's what kind of goes to my point is I did not enjoy a really large part of my life because I was always thinking it would get better when I achieved this, when I had this, when I did this. Mm -hmm. And then when I had all of those things was nice, but I was depressed because I had, I had no ability to motivate myself to do anything anymore. And yeah, so I think it's important to set goals, but staying present and, and mindful as much as possible is super important. If you're spending too much time in the future, as I do, yeah, it's it's not it's not healthy. No. Or productive. 
No, I don't think so. There's a few points here that talk about putting space between your day-to-day -day tasks to give you some time to reflect and not feel too rushed. That's what I've been feeling like I've been missing in the last couple of weeks. Is I, I, I just finally printed out a consolidated schedule for all of the things in my life, like leisure, work, school, and whatever. And I was like, wow, there's no transition time. They, we talk in school about giving your students transition time so that they can understand what the hell's going on. I don't have any in my own life. Mm. So maybe that's something I should do. Uh, anyway, let's move on to part three here. Do something new every week. What did you do new today? <laughs> what did you just come from right before this? I took a pole dancing class. That's pretty new. It was pretty new. That's for sure. Never done anything like that before. And neither have I. And I wasn't there. So I'm, I'm not planning on doing it. But um, <laughs> You're not planning on doing a pole dancing no, class? No. No. Maybe I should do something other than that that's new this week. The week's almost over. So maybe next week. That's the bad attitude. I got to think of something tomorrow to do that's new. Well, I'm staying for dinner at your parents' house tomorrow. That'll be new. New-ish. You did once before. Did I stay for dinner? I don't think I did. Well, you were there once before. I, anyway. I have been there once before. Anyway. Uh, giving you courage by facing the unknown. So doing something new gives you courage by facing the unknown. That's true. Fighting off boredom, that's a big problem for probably both of us when we have nothing going on. Mm -hmm. uh, allowing you to grow via new experiences I think that's all pretty accurate I think that's a thing that is easier said than done though doing something new every week uh, I think especially during you know during COVID yeah, yeah. Uh, we don't want the doing something new to be going to the hospital with COVID that's not what we want yeah. it to be but it's it is really important when I said earlier that personal growth was really important to me that's a big part of it is just keeping myself trying new things, learning new things, because even if, even if I'm happy with what I'm doing, if I'm stagnant, I become not happy pretty fast. Yeah. I've seen myself feeling that way a lot in my work because I spent like four years at one job and four years at another. Mm -hmm. And I was just like, oh my God, how did I do that for so long? It's just your brain doesn't change if you mm -hmm. are not changing. We're on to part three now, which is Setting work limits. Oh, we both have a piece that we could say about this. Number one, do not work on weekends. Well, some of us don't have that option, uh, white collar WikiHow article. Some of us have to work on the weekends. So mm, I don't know. I don't, yeah, well, I, I'm, I'm sure it says later on, like. Make sure you have two days per week to devote yourself to, to devote to yourself and your family. Make the working weekend something that is abnormal, not normal. Yeah, mm. I don't... Uh, speaking of work, I just got a work email. Um, who's ordering stuff at 11.15 p.m. on a... Oh, well. See, this is the perfect example. Yeah, I, uh, I'm i very, very strict about my work time boundaries. You've done well I would, with that. I would never be getting a work notification like that. Speaking of, I'm going to turn off my audio. You've done well with that. Because I cannot stand it. I cannot stand to look at work if I'm not at work. Even if it's work at home, if I'm not in that headspace, I don't want to hear anything about it. I'm like okay with it, but it's definitely happening more and more often. It's, it's just kind of the way it is right now. The thing about working weekends, I think, I think that's a bad take in here. I don't like that. It's like... You're, it's totally ignoring like a large section of the population that just has okay. to do that sort of stuff. Yeah, but it's I, th I think it's pretty implied that it's take two days off if you can and you should 
if yeah. you can. I still think there's many people that can't. Of course there. Yeah. There's yeah. many people who can't do a lot of the things on this list. Yeah, including that's true. Me. What, take two days off? No, not that. But, uh, you know, staying in the moment. Fair, fair, fair. Yeah, I can't do that either. We all have different... Oh, here's a good one. Turn off your electronic devices when you get home. Last night when I got home, I just sat in this chair right next to me for like 40 minutes staring at my phone with my shoes on and my coat. <laughs> so definitely turning electronic devices off is important. Oh, look at number three. Take a risk at work. Volunteer for something or go the extra mile on a project. I just started a new job in February and I've been taking a lot of risks at work because everything is new to me all the time. Um, so I feel comfortable not reading this step because I do that. What about you? Yeah, I'm a big risk taker at work, big time. Good. We're on to part four already. Part four Wait, is what? about what? remembering why you work in the first place? Well, I was just thinking we could pass over that because we've been talking for a while. Okay, sure. Well, well do you want to talk about it? You seemed connected to that. <laughs> it's just, yeah, remembering that you work to have a life, you don't live to work is really important and people get caught up in that you work to have a life but for most people i may i don't know about most people but for a, a large population of people work is part of their life and work may be their life yeah work is a is a part of a lot of our lives but if it is your life if you are living to work then there's probably some adjustments that oh, can be made That's I, agree, all. I agree with you on that i just i think like many people haven't heard that message or haven't absorbed it fully mm -hmm. maybe part four getting healthier it starts with get exercise oh, yes. that's something i'm terrible at yeah you should take up pole dancing with no me. no 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 i'll do um getting any sort of dancing is, is hard enough for me but i think <laughs> dancing with a pole <laughs> i'd pay to see it i will i'll pay you to take class we can go together yeah you're not gonna no 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 i'm not doing that um plan outdoor and adventurous activities with your family we uh, my family and i do that sort of stuff make exercise fun i do ultimate frisbee now i go on walks exercise at work go biking and hiking that's fun stuff um join an adult sport league i did that try a new workout i need to try a workout how about you you go to the gym uh, i go to the gym four times a week that's usually a lot. that's a, quite a lot yeah, it's really important to me. It's really, really important to me. I mean, being healthy is, and, and, and staying fit is important to me too, but I sometimes I just get by thinking that like, if you walk around and don't eat bad, that's enough. And maybe it is for, for some people, and it is for me. But once I do do exercise, I realize how far behind I have fallen. Hmm. It's part of having a life, maybe, is getting yeah. exercise, getting healthier. It's good for endorphins. It mm -hmm. makes you happy. Mm -hmm. And if you're not happy exercising, then you just haven't found the right exercise, I think, for the most part. For the most part, there are some exceptions. That's, but no, I am the exception. I found the right exercises. I'm just too intimidated by, like, a gym. And I'm too lazy at home. Okay. So I have to find out how to fix that. <laughs> Working on it. The next point is a problem for me and not so much for you, I think. It was a problem for me last week. But that's just one week, right? Yeah. You, are, you usually go to... Okay, part three is get plenty of sleep. Mm -hmm. I think it's a common thread in, in when my friends would all say that Luke doesn't get that much sleep or Luke goes to bed late. Mm -hmm. um, and I don't know how to fix it because 
I've just been going to bed late my whole life. Like, like since grade six, probably. It's hard to break a pattern when it's the only thing you know. What time do you usually go to bed? Depends. Usually like 10 to 11. That's pretty good. It's pretty good. I used to live with three roommates that were also doing teacher's college like I am. And they all went to bed at 1030 sharp every single day. Mm. And I had no idea how they all managed that. Um, Even though I worked earlier than they had to get up, I couldn't go to sleep at 1030. Not even one time. Like the earliest I went to bed was like 11. I don't understand how to how to change that. Maybe this article will help me. Create a dark noise-free room that can help you sleep. I don't have that, but maybe turning off my phone when I get home would be the first step, like the article said earlier. Mm-hmm. Avoid drinking caffeine. That's not an issue for me. Um, that's all it says, eh? Make your room dark and don't drink coffee. I think we, WikiHow, I think we need a little bit of expansion here. Uh, it says to keep a routine, and I think that's really important. I wake up at the same time every day, which I think helps. It was nicer in the summer. Sorry, I'm yawning because it's fucking 11, 15. It was nice in the summer when I worked at the same time every day because I could could do that. Mm-hmm. And while I was still tired, um, I wasn't like strung out tired. Mm-hmm. Part four, volunteer for a charity. Oh, I should do something like this. There's a few initiatives in my program at school that have you do experiential learning and like kind of like volunteering but that's not led by you that's like brought on by the program it's not like an initiative i thought up or anything i think there's a difference there between like doing something for you and doing something because you have to yeah for professional development or whatever get connected with people who need your help Hmm. have you volunteered for a charity before oh yeah like what plenty what well, I guess technically, um, well, Pulsar's not a charity, but it's a nonprofit, so it means that was the nonprofit that you've created, right? Yeah. yeah. So that was uh, three years of my life, mm-hmm. and uh, right now I'm volunteering for somewhere called uh, Shelter Movers, oh. which uh, oh yeah, you told me about this. Tell yeah. tell the folks. It um, it's a service for women and children who are escaping domestic violence wow. because moving is often a big hurdle for them because it's mm-hmm. very expensive um, and also if and they're difficult. moving out of a situation that is yeah. dangerous yeah exactly it's it's a very stressful sort of thing and so this organization goes in and uh, facilitates the moves so i'm just a mover um i don't do any of the admin stuff because i don't really have time for that right now but yeah just uh just go and help out um, i'm just waiting for my police check to come back nice and, but yeah and i've volunteered plenty of other places too um I volunteered in doing like mental health mm. related stuff. Uh, I volunteered for um, an organization that helps people who live in um, long-term care homes Ooh, as well. I would like to do that. I thought about doing that when my grandparents were in them in long-term care homes, but I think it was more motivated by the fact that my grandparents were there. Mm-hmm. I would like to do that for real, though. Maybe after COVID, because now's not. The time I don't think that you can even do that right now. No, they won't let you. Um, I did volunteer in a classroom for an entire year. My cousin's grade one two classroom, um, and I got a lot of experience with like management of students, um, and it was really fun. And I, I'm going to remember a lot of those kids for a long time. 
And that's kind of what started my career path into education. Well, part of it, but yeah, that was a lot of fun. I do miss that. Okay, let's go on to number five. Build your relationships and your support system. And this is the last part of the article. Pick at least an hour a week where you can interact with people who are important. An hour a week? An hour a week? <laughs> Yo, this is not... I spent like five hours a week interacting with people that were important to me today and it wasn't enough. Today? Today. Yeah. Five hours a day. Maybe that's a little bit much. That's a long day. An hour a week where you can interact with people that are important to you and distract from work. This will increase your mental well-being and decrease your stress. Social support is very important for health. Okay. So I can get behind the premise of the point. An hour a week is not enough. It takes longer to make dinner than an hour. Speak for yourself. Right. Well, <laughs> what's what's a quick and easy dinner I can make? Uh, something that comes in a box and you put it in the microwave. Can you microwave pancake mix in a box? <laughs> How do we rate this article out of 10 by Mr. Guy Richard? Mm. I would say it was a solid six. Out of 10? Out of 10. That's a pass, but not in the education program and probably not in like a, a, a medical health program. So we're not, not quite in my there. program either. Yeah, not in your program. Okay, that's I didn't know that. I, f- I feel like I have heard all these things before, but that doesn't mean it's bad necessarily. There's definitely some new stuff that I read about here. I'm going to say 7.5. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that there's some things I could pick up on here and learn. Uh, That brings us to the end of this segment. We have one more segment today. Okay, this is the viewer slash friend of the show slash friends of us voicemail segment. Where, what? Listener? Listener voicemail segment. That's right. Where somebody who's listening sends us a voicemail pre-recorded so we can play it on the podcast and then react to it. So we're probably going to spend a couple minutes doing this every show. Hello. So um, I have a bit of an issue. <laughs> I love playing video games. It's like my favorite way to relax. I think it's really fun. But lately, when I play games, especially with other people, I get stressed out and I cry. It's rough. So that was my friend Dana. Um, she's also in an education program right now. Um, and we sometimes play video games together, but not much lately. How do you relate to this? Do you relate to being stressed and, and doing things with people? Uh, I relate to crying. Sometimes. You relate to crying. Okay. Well, that's important. What do you cry about? <laughs> <laughs> what do I cry about? What don't I cry about these uh, days? Oh I, dear. I, my emotions are very close to the surface, I would say. Okay. Um, yeah, I don't really play too many video That's games. That's fine. These well, days, what do we play that we've played together? In the Star Wars game. No. Yes. I'm thinking of something else. RuneScape. Oh yeah. We played I RuneScape guess. together during the, the throes of the pandemic last <laughs> April. RuneScape was something we both played when we were young. Mm-hmm. The nice thing about RuneScape at entry level is that you probably won't cry when you play it. I know Dana plays a lot of World of Warcraft, which is like intensive. She does like the PvP and like the dungeon battles. I don't really know about that stuff too much. But I used to play a lot of video games when I was younger with friends. And I was really competitive and they were really competitive. And we always tried to like, 
improve and improve constantly. And it was just a constant battle and emotions were high and we were all teenagers um, and we would get pissed at each other and like not talk for a couple of days. And I remember that very well. And I don't like it because it brings the stress out in my mind. And I'm like, I don't want to go back to that point. I don't want to do that again. Um, but Dana enjoys video games because they help her relax. Well, it doesn't sound like she's unfortunately been relaxing too much lately. Yeah. So I don't know. I don't, um, I don't know how to answer this hundred percent, but if I was to give advice to you or myself or Dana, in this case, I would say maybe change up the game that you're playing or the people that you're playing with. It's easier said than done when the people are your best friends like I know they are in her case, but she also plays with like a guild of like random strangers from the internet. Um, and that can be stressful because there's a lot of like random people's expectations on you that you don't really know that well. Mm-hmm. So like imagine you are, you're in a team role and, and like everybody's expecting you to be something that they think you are that might not be lining up with what you actually are. It's a lot of pressure. No wonder you'd get stressed, you know? Sure, yeah. Yeah. Um, so maybe then my piece of like a takeaway for this would be play a different game for a bit. Do you think that's a fair thing to say? Yeah, I yeah. think so too. And if if it is upsetting you to the point where you're crying, then maybe finding some other stress-relieving activities to be doing alongside the video games might help. A little bit of self-care goes a long way. I should say Dana is a great artist and a poet, actually, too. Um, and I, I have a feeling a lot of her uh, self-care goes into that stuff. Mm-hmm. And um, so maybe you could do more of that. I don't know. But you've been doing a lot of that already, Dana. So who's to say? Anyway, thank you for the voicemail. First voicemail. Okay. <laughs> This podcast has already gone on for twice as long as we thought it was going to, but it is the first episode, so maybe that's fine. I think it's fine either way. I don't know. There you go. Maybe my idea of 25 minutes is not feasible at all. Well, I remember when we were you were comparing it to my podcast when I do solo episodes. Yours was like usually, 17 minutes, yeah. Yeah, but that's just me talking to myself. I can't talk for longer than 20 minutes by myself. It's... Uh, very difficult, but uh, when you have two people, um, there's a lot more space for spontaneity and conversation. Two and three for a second there. And three, yeah. Yeah. And if there's anybody else in the room, feel free to jump out and say something. Uh, I'll take that as a no. Okay. Um, so do you think that you got anything positive out of this? Yeah, I think so. I think a lot of it was uh, good reminders of what's important Uh because I think that's something we always need to be reminded of, or I do anyway. I think the takeaway is being intentional about your life. Mm. I think that's what it means to have a life, I think. If you're not just going through the motions, but you're actually thinking about what you want and making changes to the best of your ability to to walk towards that version of yourself that you want to be. Mm-hmm. Okay, so you hear it here first, folks. Lesson of today is be intentional. How to get a life. Be intentional. Uh, We are done. We'll see you on the next one.
all the music you heard on the podcast today was uh, written and played by Sarah Camus. Her website is sarahcamus.com. Thank you so much.